You're listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Henry Tetley. I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today I'm your host. Okay, welcome back, guys, to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange. Really been looking forward to this episode today, um, where we're going to be talking about supercharging your journey of a career in tech. So uh, let's get into the intros. Um, Adam, if you'd like to kick us off. Sure. Uh, I'm Adam Woods. I'm the CTO at Clipsal Solar. And for those who don't know what we do, uh, we make apps to help people make smarter energy choices, which uh, help people to kind of get a sense of the solar production and consumption in their home uh, once they start down that renewables journey. Awesome. Cheers, Adam. And Dan, over to you. Hello, uh, my name's Dan Gaskin. I'm an engineer manager at Futopia. Uh, uh, our focus is on end-to-end e-commerce logistics uh, via our shipping platform, robotic fulfillment, and same-day career service. Cheers, Dan. And over to you, Phil. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Phil Douglas. I'm Director of Technology for the Madpaws Group. So Madpaws is Australia's biggest pet-sitting and pet-hosting marketplace. Um, and we've also got an e-commerce arm, including uh, Pet Chemist, uh, Australia's largest online pet pharmacy. Nice one. Cheers, guys. As I say, great to have you here today and really looking forward to uh, to this topic. Um, so firstly, uh, one of the the, the um, important things we were keen to speak about was how communication skills will take you further than tech skills. Um, Adam, would you would you like to uh, to go first with that one? Sure. Uh, and I, I believe uh, in talking prior to this podcast, multiple, uh, all of us probably said that that was probably the case. Uh, and I think it, it really bears itself out. So, I mean, you can be amazing at tech, but if you cannot communicate your ideas to people, it's going to be a real uh, inhibitor for your growth. And conversely, Sometimes you can actually mask over a bit of an absence or a lack of certain skills by just being able to communicate effectively with a wide audience. Um, your your impact of the work that you do is is pretty directly correlated to your ability to to communicate to your team, to product managers, to non technical uh, staff, and it it also just. Um, develops connection with people like people will become advocates for you because they can speak to you and and what often you'll see is that uh people in other parts of companies naturally gravitate towards the engineers that they feel they can actually socialize effectively with and those people kind of become an, a conduit to between engineering and the rest of the business um so i think it yeah it, communication it, it, it's it's key like it, it and i do think it's more important than like expert technical ability sure cheers adam and dan over to you yeah i i completely agree i think if you look at it um if you have a good engineer who's so well technically you're going to back them to learn whatever they need to from a technical perspective um it's the nature of what we do we learn something new every day but when it comes down to, to engineering, we're problem solving. And to solve problems, we need to understand requirements. Um, and to understand them, we need to be able to communicate whether it is product, finance, commercial, marketing. It could be any stakeholder in the business. Um, and I think on that front, it's quite important not just to communicate, but to communicate in business language. Um, you need to understand things like return on investment when you're going about building a new feature. You know. Do we want to waste 100k of engineering dollars 
to get nothing back? Not really. Um, so really get on that, that deeper level. Um, I think being prepared to talk about uncomfortable topic, like as an engineer, quite a lot of engineers are introverted and don't even want to bring up that a time frame might be slipping. But as a manager, being told that four weeks in advance rather than one day in advance, I can do something with it to to build that expectation with the business. Sure. Cheers, Dan. And, uh, and Phil, over to yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, I think there's a perception that the the people who are good communicators are naturally going to end up in like the people management people manager track of engineering. So go on to your, uh, go on to um, tech that kind of tech lead track. But I think definitely on the on the subject matter expert side of things, and you know, in, you know people who are veering more towards to, you know developing their career more towards being a solution architect, that's definitely something where also having good communication skills has also also lends itself and you're definitely putting a, a ceiling on yourself if, if you kind of if you say well you know I, I i don't want to talk to people i just want to i just want to code there's definitely a you know there's there's probably one guy in a basement somewhere in silicon valley who's got you know developed an incredible career about you know doing some um arcane coding that nobody else can do and not actually ever actually having to talk to people but for the rest of us uh you know for, for most of the industry i think that's not the case um and yeah i think that's just definitely and and, and also like, like you like um like just just was just mentioned it's not just you know outbound communications but inbound communications being able to kind of have a bit of back and forth to be able to understand requirements much more clearly i think it's going to allow people to um to not just solve problems but actually solve the right problems absolutely um adam do you, do you have something to add there yeah like something else i, I just wanted to say on that is you know, as engineers, we're constantly plagued by the fact that technology moves really fast and uh, you're trying to keep your skills up to date. But I guess another benefit of focusing on crafting your communication abilities is that it never goes out of date, right? It's applicable to any industry that you join, to any job that you take. Your uh, communication skills cross cut all of that and they're not, you know, changing as fast as the next JavaScript library. Uh, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. Um, thanks for the insights there, guys. And so in terms of the the, the next topic that we've got, um, or subtopic, should I say, so is about taking the initiative is what managers and colleagues would remember. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that, Adam? Uh, yes. So that that is 100% true. Um, I... Most people don't like to be micromanaged and being able to take the initiative, uh, I guess in conjunction with communication as well, it is what staves that off, right? Like if you, if you find yourself with idle hands and you're, and you just kind of sit there and wait for someone to bring you something, uh, until they tell you to do your next task, then you're naturally going to create the behavior that somebody's going to be hounding you all the time to make sure you're busy. But if you take that opportunity to just go out and find another way to add value, uh, that that just demonstrates a capability that's going to suit you well in being viewed for promotion or to to progress in your career. That people just know that at any given moment you're doing something valuable, and they don't need to check up on you all the time. And that's hugely beneficial from a managerial perspective because. I like to give people huge, uh, autonomy, right? Like I, I want to be able to unburden myself, focus on other things and trust that things are going to get done. Uh, and so it's it's really important to me. And I look for that when I hire people is 
I want someone who's going to be a bit of a self-starter. Yeah. Yeah. And if I just, just point, just add in there, that, um, as kind of, as leaders, I think the way we set the stage for that initiative is by kind of giving our engineering teams the why of what they're doing. So helping them understand like what, what are the, what are the deeper reasons why we're heading in a particular direction, which gives you a better frameworks to be able to kind of find the right direction to, to take initiative in. But also then if you're kind of an engineer, then look going, you're going out to interview. If you're, if you're talking to prospective employers, not about the, the technical implementations you did, but the why of, you know, the why you did a particular thing and wh why the, why your decision-making was aligning with business goals. I think that makes you, you know, infinitely more employable than just, you know, I cut code in a particular way as according to requirements. For sure. Yeah. Dan, OBC yourself? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with that completely. And I think the other thing is, like, especially if you're working in a startup environment and it's growing quickly, that there's always going to be opportunity to level up your career and, and move into more roles. And certainly when I'm looking for a new label, whether it's individual contributors or on the managerial side, it's the people that take initiative that stick in the back of my mind. Um, I think it shows that, I guess that they have a, the bigger picture view if they're really out there going and getting whatever's going on. Like they're not just focused on the narrow niche. They're, they're really looking at that big picture. Um, I think the relationship between a manager and, and an individual contributor like that, it builds an immense amount of trust. And gaining trust is really how you accelerate your career. You suddenly find yourself with opportunity to, to prove yourself more and more, and it just snowballs and, and goes on and on. So on that, um, I guess a question for, for everyone here. Um, when it comes to looking for people that take the initiative, are you expecting people at all levels to, to be able to do that? Or are you talking more around seniors and, and your tech leads? Or, or do you like to, I mean, I guess, obviously in an ideal world, you'd like to see it from everybody. But um, for, for these you know graduates and juniors and, and mid-levels, are you expecting them to be able to have that capability at that level? Or? For me, there's opportunity at all like it could be something as simple as taking the initiative to update out of date documentation that can happen if you've been at the company a week and onboarding docs are, are out of date so obviously the more senior you get you get the um the bigger the influence and the bigger the piece but i think there's definitely opportunity at all levels and it's just about thinking about what's going on around you and, and where you can have a bit of impact okay yeah, and it, it definitely, I'd, I'd say it definitely, you know, st starts to ramp up the more senior you get, you know, like the kind of when you're, when you're, when you're just getting started and you're honing your craft, you're certainly being kind of fed what's, uh, fed, you know, increasing. You start off being fed what to do by your manager and there's, you look for areas to take initiative within that, but kind of increasingly as you kind of like you, you've, you've honed your craft, people are going to come to you, not with, you know, solutions to implement, but just with problems. And if you've kind of like got this background in, you know, if you've got the, this kind of problem solving, um, and taking initiative mentality, that's really kind of, you know, where you'll be not just solving the problems people come to you with, but the problems they don't realize they have. Yeah. And, and I guess to feed off what Phil said earlier, um, if you as a manager do a good job of setting the, the strategic direction, then you are enabling everyone at all levels 
to to take that initiative because it shouldn't be ambiguous about what direction you're heading. So as it, you know, anyone could look at that and say, oh, well, I can add towards that direction through any means, which exactly like Dan said, could be documentation, could be, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it could be anything. It could be just spending some time to research more about the direction you're heading that maybe they didn't fully understand yet. Uh, but, it, but it should clear up uh, ambiguity and the need for them to have to chase anyone up. They should be able to just find find a way to to add value, whether it's taking the next ticket or, or anything else. Yeah, good point. No, appreciate that. Okay, awesome. And so um, one thing that we've we've discussed um, a little bit off the, the podcast is around the different paths to the top. So uh, for um, the software engineers that are in their early stages of their career and they're looking to, to grow and progress with either the current company or, um, or, or future opportunities, obviously having that fork in the road of going down the technical side and just being purely hands-on coding or being uh, down the route of the people leadership side of things. So um, let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. Um, Adam, would you would you like to uh, follow on? Yep. Uh, I think that the biggest thing to do there as you approach that sort of fork in the road, um, hopefully it's not thrust upon you, but even if it is, uh, that you are very honest with yourself about what you enjoy about your job. Uh, if you are someone who really gets satisfaction out of the time you spend with other people and mentoring and um, you know helping people to upskill, then maybe the people management side is a right fit for you. Uh, and I hope that people's companies afford them the choice and it's not just that the traditional people management's the only route to the top um, because that's not going to be a good fit for the company or that in, or that person. And if that's the case and there is no pure technical track that you can explore if that's what you're looking for, then you know you probably need to find another company because just like you and it, it would be a shame, of course, if you love that company and you really want to stay with them. Uh, but it being pushed into or feeling like you have to step into people management when it's really at odds with what you enjoy at, at work is just ultimately going to cause dissatisfaction for you. And you're probably not uh, going to create a great environment for your team because it'll be fairly apparent that you're not um, you're not fully invested in that in that particular role. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Adam? Oh, sorry, uh, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's really self-driven. You can't be dictated to what, what you're going to do in your career. Um, that's how you get into the situation. So you have bad managers or, or bad ice things being the leader. Um, I think the tech industry has come a long way. Like even 15 years ago, you had to go into management if you wanted to chase top dollar. We now have uh, principal engineers. Yeah. So be sort of that equivalent on the, the technical side. So I think you do have to look yourself and, and work out where you want to go in your career. I think having a workplace that can support you and, and maybe trial you a little bit in different areas. Um, for example, we have a position where you can take on managing one junior engineer, but still be more in a heavily IC role. Um, but it gives you the chance to see it if people management is what you want to do and there's no pressure to continue doing it if you, if you don't like it or you're not enjoying it um but i think that's another tricky bit is you go from fully individual contributor to manager without having 
a place in the middle. It's very hard to know what you do want to do and, and where you do get your enjoyment from. Um, so yeah, and agree. If opportunities are in your current company and it's going to affect your, your satisfaction, you really do really need to look at moving to a company that, that can provide you those opportunities. And, and going back to that, you know, that previous discussion point about taking the initiative, right? I mean, that's, that's really kind of, if you're, if you're not taking the initiative within the organization, then you're very unlikely to also get the opportunities to kind of like explore these, these kind of areas. Whereas if you're kind of like the, the kind of person where, okay, I've taken initiative to lead, maybe I'm not directly managing somebody, but there's a particular you know, problem area I want to solve. And I want to kind of pick up a couple of people to then take, to take on that journey with me. There's kind of ways to ease yourself into that kind of ma- you know, people management or technical management track that don't involve a job a job title change and a you know a, a complete change of direction and no no turning back. I mean, obviously that depends on the scale of the organization. You know, startups tend to be a bit more. <laughs> there's, there's infinite problems to solve and <laughs> there's, there's infinite opportunities. Um, and so maybe that's another thing to explore. It's not just kind of okay. Well, do I want to test? Do I want to test the waters on? um different uh you know technical versus people management skills but also do I test the waters on what kind of company I what kind of what scale of company I like working with you know the, especially if you're early in your career and you've got less um there's maybe less um uh dependencies on you in your personal life maybe it's an opportunity to say okay well I'm going to go and start a you know go and work at a startup for a little bit I'm going to start a scale up go and work at an institution and, and get that range of experience that you know you quite we quite often see you know you quite often see if you work at you know some at a business that's kind of in the middle you see some people who are on their way up and some people who are on their way back down who kind of you know been at the big end of town and like oh you know i thought you know if i was managing you know 30 people and if i got them to manage 100 people it would be you know three times better right but actually sometimes there's a bit of a sweet spot for all of us i think also as a senior engineer when you're finding your way there's nothing stopping you from taking on more mentorship or, or more career guidance than, than a younger engineer. No one's ever going to come to you and ask you to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> so again, it ties into that initiative piece as well. Like if there's something you want to do, you just pick it up and, and start working with, with your colleagues to, to help them improve themselves. So so on that, when it comes to having to make this decision of, of whether you want to go down the technical or the people leadership route, um, do you feel there's a certain cut off at all, or um, when you get to a particular level, that's when you should be making that decision? Or like, what's your what would your advice be to um, to people that are that are listening, that are sort of on on the fence whether they should be starting to make those decisions? I don't think there's a particular cut off that I can can give you exactly, um, but I think when you're in technical management. Um, you need to pick up the situation very, very quickly with very limited context and understand what's happening. Um, so you do need to have a bit of, bit of foundation there, a good understanding of tech um, to be able to understand the challenges that that your reports would be going through. At least that's five years. Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, anyone got anything else to add on to the back of that? I mean, it's probably dictated by your company, right? Um, what their leveling looks like. I mean, usually it's going to be money that's going to kind of make the decision, right? How how much can you raise your salary in the current position before your responsibilities have to change meaningfully one way or the other? 
And then it, whenever you arrive there is when you have, you're forced to kind of make that choice because you want to continue to raise your remuneration and it, uh, it's going to be either you go the left or you go right. Yeah, it's, if you're if you're in an organization that's providing those you know opportunities for career growth, I think you're unlikely to need to make those big those big jumps. Um, it's not impossible if the right opportunity arises. Yeah, but you know that's it's, it's sometimes born out of necessity more than anything else. And like again, then then you're into okay, you're you're at that point where you want to make that jump, and how do you? How, how do you how do you make that jump into another organization and taking on a role that's maybe that kind of step change above where your previous resume your previous experience isn't quite isn't quite there yeah and that's a lot around you know okay maybe you've taken the initiative as much as you can within the current organization and haven't quite been able to get to to get to the next stage because you kind of hit, hit the ceiling well, that's again where it comes back to those communication skills. Can you, you know, can you front up in front of a prospective employer and tell a story around, you know, that okay, here's the initiative I was taking. Here's the here's what makes me a good candidate for that next role, without me actually having the job title in the previous role. Cool. Um, so it's, you know, and that's and that's kind of you know when you're when you're in the early stages of your career, going from you know junior to mid to senior engineer, there's like a there's like a clear there's a clear roadmap laid out there. Yeah. but once you get once you get past that right so you get past the technical lead you know some team lead la la layer yeah it really is no matter which way duration you go down how well can you communicate yeah definitely cool well no that's that's some great insight um cheers guys um so in terms of things to consider when comparing job opportunities What's your what's your advice around that, um, Phil? I'll, I'll let you kick us off with this one. Um, I think, look, I I'd say that the the thing that you've got to start with is the values of the company and the why, right? If you don't if you don't like the why of the organization you're going into, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to kind of struggle against like what a you know obviously financial necessities may sometimes push you to accept the less than optimal why but i do think you need to start there that the organization you're going to and you understand like the 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 reason for what they are doing is quite important because that's then going to set the stage for you so that when you're in that role succeed in that role and be able to take the initiative because you understand where they understand where they're going now that might be because you like you you you've see some interesting challenge from the technical problems that the the organization has to rock has to solve they might be going through some kind of you know digital transformation process that you feel is particularly interesting it might be that um technically you've seen it before but the uh the there's opportunities in the in the business that you think you can help drive forward but i do think that's probably going to be a starting point sure okay dan what about yourself yeah, I think think building on that as well. Um, understanding why you want to change yourself, not not just the why of, of the company, but why do I want to change my role? And again, there might be I'm being made redundant and I have to look around, but it might be that I want a new challenge and understanding what challenge I actually want is what what's going to lead me somewhere. Um, if I tie it back back to the the title of this episode, um, things I'd look for would be 
uh, understanding what growth potentials there are in the company. Do they have a growth framework? Um, do they actually apply? So I've interviewed at plenty of places that have said they have a growth framework and you turn up on day one and they don't really have one. Um, I think at least for, for what we're doing, we, we have our publicly available on our careers page. So, you know, we're, we're actually providing that info up front. And I think if companies are prepared to do that sort of thing, you kind of get a feel from their culture and whether that's going to be a good fit for you as well. Um, Cause I think that's the other major point. Like we all want to work in a culture where we're not under the pump being harassed 24 seven. We can actually uh, take the opportunity to, to build what we believe is the right thing and not be dictated to. 100% for sure. And Adam, what about yourself? I would just follow along from what uh, Dan said and uh, in terms of opportunities for growth, because I think startups uh, obviously get a lot of uh, positive attention from people that they're very enticing to go and work for them. Of course, there's the opportunity for a tremendous financial upside if it all goes well. Uh, but you know, you're probably in it for quite a few years before that actually happens. So you're going to have to slog it out, uh, especially if you don't fully enjoy it. It's going to be a, a long, hard slog in the hopes that you get this amazing payday, which may never come. Uh, but that being said, startups can be great, especially if you felt a bit stale in a previous company and you really just want to shake things up and, you know, go into a place where you can wear a lot of hats and try a lot of different things. Those are great. But I guess the counterpoint to that is, you know, I think big companies sometimes get a bad name for maybe too much bureaucracy or you're feeling like you're a cog in the machine. But I think in terms of growth opportunity, they can be very beneficial from that perspective, right? There are many levels inside those companies where you can progress from one to the next, uh, taking on more and more responsibility. Uh, you know, there's stability if that's something that's important to you uh, as well. So I, I'm it's it's uh, obviously going to come down to like what stage of life, of life are you in and, and uh, you know, to Phil's point to like, what are your values and how do those marry up with the company? But I think there's a place for both. And it's not just that startups are the cool, sexy thing and uh, big companies are evil. <laughs> no, for sure. Because obviously, you know, um, from speaking to a lot of engineers that are in that sort of start in the start of their career um, and weighing up what route to go down, you know, whether they go for a co that company that's paying a little bit more um, and just, you know, seeing that shiny pot of gold at the end. Or whether taking a step back and thinking, right, what's going to be best for my career? Should I go with a company that's got a better structure in place um, and build those building blocks to then down the line be able to um, go for, you know, be able to um, put themselves forward for, for higher salaries? Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, Adam, what's your... Uh, yeah, sorry. Just one other thing that came to mind is just the fact of... Uh, while startups are, are great, they're also, you can find yourself in a situation, especially for people early in their career, where you may not have much, if any, technical mentors available to you because they're just so lean. Um, yeah. So that's where, again, you know, kind of weighing that up against a bigger company where there are a lot of people to learn from can also be really uh, beneficial. Because I know from my personal experience, when I did a startup, I, I was fair ways into my career, but then you know, there's a lot to learn when you go and do that. And I, there was no one in the company that I could then just bounce ideas off of. I was the only technical person there. 
Uh, so then you had to kind of go outside of that and find a network of other tech leaders. Thankfully, I found one that was uh, that I could then leverage. But uh, it could be a lonely place sometimes uh, when you're met with some tough technical challenges and you don't necessarily have that person sitting right next to you. Then you can just go and say, hey, can we just like work this out? Uh, that that can be a bit of a challenging scenario as well. Absolutely. I mean, adding on to that, I mean, I, I think that... Yes, you know, the, the, you've got the you've got the the fact that you don't have those technical supports around you. I think what you kind of tend to pick up in startups is more everything else. So everything else we were talking about earlier, the, the communications, like understanding business processes and understanding kind of you know, if uh, understanding what are what are the marketing team talking about, what are the product team talking about, how do they tick? You really get a lot of that, and you get to wear a lot of those hats as well within within a within a within a startup. Um, and that's potentially, you know, can be quite beneficial to you later in your career where it's like, you might, okay, it might be that that's something you go and do for a few years just to kind of test the waters and, you know, forge yourself in flames a little bit. But it also then, you know, if you can then build on those, those soft skills that come from being in that environment, that can potentially be um, something that when you're ready to go back to working with larger organizations, they tend to look, they are very keen to look for. For sure. One, just to, to add on to that, one of the things um, that I always look for when I'm speaking to candidates who are at the start of their career, you know, as I say, whether it be at that junior to mid-level, um, I'm always really eager to learn what their environment's been like in the either whether it be the, the first career or the first couple of careers and who they've surrounded themselves by um what the the level of engineers that they've worked alongside have been like because obviously that's where you know they they're able to learn the craft essentially and um and pick up good habits um is that something that from a hiring perspective that you guys look for and 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 ask about when you when you're looking to secure selling i think for me it depends on what level they're at. Uh, if they're a senior engineer, I'm looking for people that have come from startup environment so they can handle that ambiguity a bit more. Um, people early in their career, sort of the journey mid-level, um, it doesn't concern me as much because, you know, they're not expected to do all the heavy lifting, so you can kind of ease them into it a bit more gently. Um, but definitely for the senior positions, I'm, I do consider people from enterprise environments, but Quite often what I find is in the early conversations, you can just see that culturally it's not going to align and they're going to be under a, a lot of pressure without having the experience of dealing with 10 different people in 10 different contexts for that day. For sure. Yeah. So would, yeah. would you recommend people in that position that are, say, started out their career with a larger enterprise to maybe not go for... Um, not sort of set their, their expectations as high in terms of thinking that they could maybe jump up a couple of levels, but to think, right, look, for the benefit of my career, I'm going to move to a startup almost as like a, a sidestep in terms of the level I'm at of an engineer, but to build on my skills and then I can then progress my career um, knowing that I've got more experience in different situations. Yeah, I, I think people have an opportunity to, to learn more and even if you decide that the enterprise environment is more what you enjoy you've come back with a bunch of new skills that you wouldn't have had before and then that puts you ahead of a, a lot of the the colleagues that you're working with in that enterprise that haven't been out there um gaining those skills like if i look at a little startup environment 
there's that real promotion of, of challenge culture where we're not just going to accept answer number one. We're going to have a discussion about it. Um, we're going to challenge the solution put on the table. Um, and I think taking that, that sort of um, attitude back to any environment is going to help you thrive. Yeah. yeah. So because job titles are almost meaningless in a startup environment, right? It's just kind of, here's the problem, who's going to solve it? So coming coming back into a larger organization with that mentality and with that you know ability to not say you know okay I've I've you know I've earned this badge then I earned this badge and then I earned this badge but rather here is the list of all the problems I solved that's kind of a thing that's really going to accelerate. Sure, for sure. Do you, it looks like you you agree on that one, Adam. Yep. Uh, no. <laughs> I do. I won't. I won't reiterate. <laughs> Good stuff. Cool. Okay, and now. Um, I thought I'd just throw this one in at the end as um, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, obviously um, really want to give back to the the tech community here and the, the, the more greenfield engineers that are listening. What's the one piece of advice that you wish you had when you were starting out in your career that's likely to help them supercharge their career? I'll let you have a second yeah. to... to... <laughs> Blank stairs all right. Um, I, I would say, like, if you're early in your career, speak your mind. Like, when I was early in my career, I didn't feel necessarily that I was empowered to speak up. Um, but speaking up is what gives you the opportunity to get something fixed and improved. Um, so I'd, I'd say don't be scared. Again, no one's going to be angry if you speak up, especially if there's something that needs to be resolved and, and a positive difference can come from it. Appreciate that, uh, Adam. Uh, I'd just say, you know, take take as many opportunities as come your way. Um, you know, don't think that tasks are beneath you uh, just because maybe they're slightly outside your normal remit. Uh, just add value wherever you can and, and take opportunities to maybe stretch yourself where they're where possible. As I say, and and Phil, what about yourself? Um, I'd say can. Um... Hone, hone your curiosity and your um, your ability to problem solve because as you know as Adam said previously you know like communication is a skill that lasts forever and same thing with kind of you know, with problem solving skills whereas you know if the uh, you certainly you meet um, junior engineers who are like oh, okay well I know how to program in three languages so if I program, learn to program in a fourth one is that going to make me you know more valuable and the, the fact is not necessarily because they'll fall off the, the languages will fall off the other side right it's it's more around kind of being able to uh yeah just tackle bigger and bigger problems and so focusing on your curiosity is is a, is a thing i would focus there and uh, like going to you know people who are even even earlier in their career i would say get some hobby projects going get some stuff where you could turn if you could turn up into a job interview where like not just here's the here's my you know four mandatory university projects I had to do rather is here's them and here's all these kind of like cool things I'm building on the side in my own in my own time because I love this career and this is like what I want to be doing this is a vocation and not just a job I think that's really going to make you make you stand apart for sure some great insights there guys well that um, that takes us to the end of today's episode um, so just want to say thanks again for uh, for joining. I'm sure there's some very valuable insights there that our listeners can um, incorporate and, and sort of take on board for, for the start of their career. 
and even some uh, some seniors that are looking back to to reflect and and see what maybe maybe went wrong. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll find out from the feedback. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks again, guys, for coming. It's been great to have you on board.